Hi, my name is Mayumi Allison. I'm with Hoso Technology. I'm second generation family business owner. And uh, we're out here in Buena Park, California. And we uh, distribute and manufacture musical instrument cables and accessories. Um, awesome. Thanks, Mayumi. It's good to see you today. Uh, Mayumi and I go back a bit. Um, uh, most of you who watch or listen to the From the Heart podcast presented by the First Bank Center for Family-Owned Businesses, by the way, got to get that plug right in there, right out of the gate. Uh, know that I used to work for Cal State Fullerton and ran the Family Business Center at Cal State Fullerton. And Mayumi and Hosa were members of the center. Gosh, goes back... Um, I would say close to a decade because that's about a little more than a decade ago. You took over leadership of HOSA. And I think I met you right about that time. Isn't that yes. about right? So yeah. uh, about 2012. So yeah, it's yeah. Been over 10 years. That's yeah. crazy, isn't it? It's yeah. really crazy time. We've flies. got a, a, a fun friendship. We've, we've had chances to do a lot of things together over the years. And, and um, Mayumi is a, is a specific example of what I love about my job, watching family businesses thrive and seeing the transition in leadership. And uh, I guess before we go into too much about you and your background in the company, I'd like to just, one of the questions I don't ask that often of my family business guests, but for some reason in my prep this morning, I thought I'm going to ask you about this. When you just hear the term family business, what image or feeling or emotion comes up for you? Well, um, when I think about my family legacy, hmm and tradition and just, uh, you know, building upon what your family's built. Um, yeah. I like that. You, we had an opportunity. Um, I'll probably put a little clip of it on here when we post this, the, uh, the movie that Christian Aldridge did with you mm -hmm. a couple of years back during the pandemic that featured your dad and featured Hosa in general. I think about legacy and tradition because that just it reeks of that in a positive way in the video. Thank you. Um, tradition is, that's a, that's a good word. Legacy we hear a lot. Talk about traditions. Talk about maybe why you chose that word tradition. And when you think about traditions that maybe you have in your family or in your culture or your company, what comes to mind? Um, tradition, it just reminds me of family and, you know, like you said, culture and, yeah. and kind of how you, you grew up. And for me, um, our family business, you know, I didn't, I didn't start in it growing up, but I, I joined later on um, when I was older, but it really, uh, once I got into it, I, I realized how much my dad put, you know, his heart and soul into it. And um, I was impressed and surprised at, at what he's built. And so to me, you know, that's part of my family legacy and tradition and um I, it's something that uh i'm proud of and i want to kind of hopefully you know however it looks in the future to be able to pass that kind of tradition down to my children so i know from conversations that we had years ago i think when we first met um how the transition went from you worked in banking for the majority of your career before coming right. over to hosa so there were probably, maybe there were two times. Was there a time early in your childhood or in your teenage years where you toyed with, maybe I'm going to go into the family business with dad or did that never cross the radar? And then when did that conversation take place later where you thought, yeah, I'm going to actually do this. Was there an earlier time in your life where you thought it might happen? Um, 
initially it never crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something my, I, I didn't, I didn't see it as a family business. I kind of, you know, my dad was a, starting his own business entrepreneur, but I, um, the word family business didn't kind of resonate with me growing up. It was my dad providing for us and, um, you know, being a dad, um, and me, myself being, I think what my parents have taught me to be ambitious and successful. And I I wanted to do my own thing. I didn't, um, cables and (laughs) adapters just didn't sound all that exciting. Um, Sure you know, at the, at the time when I was younger, it's about fashion and, you know, fun things. And so, um, yeah, I was, I had no, I had no interest. I'll, I'll have to say, yeah. um, I did, you know, when my dad first started, I was thinking I was about fourth grade and I did go. And, uh, during the summer, he's probably babysitting us at best, but I was trying to, you know, stuffing envelopes and, you know, doing different things. And, um, it was, it was torture for me. And for, and one time I, I actually, I think I fell asleep on the job and my dad's like, you know, what are you doing? You're never going to be successful. You're lazy and you're sleeping on the job and, you know, getting lectured at in the fourth grade about my, my work. Your work ethic at that yes, time. My work yeah. ethic at the time. Yeah. So, um, well, yeah, that I, changed. I know your work yeah. ethic now that, that, yes. that was not, uh, did not resemble what your work ethic turned out. Thank to be. you. I know um, back in, uh, in my early 20s or late to mid 20s, um, my mom had already kind of been, hey, you should, you know, what about trying the family business? What about taking over for your dad? And um, I was already in banking and, and had a pretty successful career, which I enjoyed. Um, and I had thought about joining, but my dad's, my dad was uh, worried a, he couldn't pay me what I was mm-hmm. making. Sure. Um, you know, um, we're doing cables. My dad's always been kind of, he's very successful, ambitious, but also kind of a half empty kind of guy. Cables, you know, they're wireless. Everything's going wireless. And you might, you know, so he was worried about me stepping in and him putting me in a position um, that wasn't, you know, going to lead yeah. to, to success. So he's always worried about, I think, my well-being. And so... Um, that kind of halted things, but, um, and then just the right time. Um, how did that, was that a conversation that you went to him and said, you know, dad, it might be time or was it, uh, you know, sometimes it's that conversation over the dinner table. Sometimes it's just implied. Sometimes it's a given that you're going to go into the business. I know it wasn't a given with you. Talk about that, that process. I know a lot of people who watch and listen are somewhere in that position now where their children are either not expressing interest in the business, or maybe they're more interested in the, than the leadership generation is in having their kids come in. Most are somewhere in the middle. What was that process like of that conversation and how it really started where you kind of, you thought, you know, I'm probably going to do this, or I'm interested in this. I, I think it was a lot of encouragement for my mom. My mom really yeah believed in me. My mom was the one pushing. She, I think she knew I can do it. Um, and you know, my dad was getting older, wanting to slowly retire. He didn't want to sell. So, you know, he really cares about his employees and he knew that, you know, by selling could potentially, um, mean losing jobs for, you know, some of his employees. So, um, I think he got, I think it was my mom encouraging me on my side Hmm. and then, encouraging my dad saying, yeah, you know, she can do it and, you know, let her take it over. And, um, so I think it was, it was really my, my mom on, in the background. She's always been the, the cheerleader. Yeah. Um, so she was working your angle and your dad, yes, you know, convincing yes, you, you yes, can do it, yes. convincing him yeah. you can do it. Right. And I yeah. think what's that, um, let me see how I want to ask this question in that transition. I've seen a lot in family businesses when the child comes in to take over the business, especially if their parents established and founded the company and also male dad running the company. Now daughter coming in many of his employees, as you've shared with me in the past, knew you when you were young, mm-hmm. you're still young, but when you were really young, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, everybody, I look at the gray hair. If anybody's <laughs> watching, you can see the gray hair I have. And so, you know, everybody for the most part is young when I, when I'm talking to them, but 
Um, with that comes wisdom, I suppose, right? The gray hair is supposed to bring it out right. if it does, but the, the gray hair is there anyway. I can fool people. Was there pushback from any anyone? And you don't have to name names, but just challenges maybe you faced in stepping into leadership of dad's company with maybe those who knew you when you a, either A, weren't interested in it, or B, were just young and they didn't see you as really the heir apparent. Did you, did you face any of that? And if so, how'd you overcome it? Um, I think it was my own insecurity really about, you know, being, um, the daughter coming in and taking over the family business. I, I didn't, I never felt, um, unwelcome. I, I think people, um, welcomed me with open arms. I'm sure they had their own, um, the question whether I can do the job or not, of, of course, but i I didn't ever feel that way, um, no one ever outwardly sh showed that to me. And I think I, you know, I tried to come in, not kind of bouncing out orders and not with a heavy know, hand. Yeah. yeah. With a heavy hand and changing things out, you know, it's a completely uh, industry that I was unfamiliar with, um, had no knowledge of. And so it was really, I came in wanting to learn, you know, letting them know that they're really the experts, not me. Um, and I'm here to learn and, and grow with them. So I think, um, yeah, my own insecurity, like I, I need to prove myself, you know, I have big shoes to fill. Everyone has a, a really high regard for my dad. And so um, coming in and not <laughs> wanting to let him down sure. and also, yes, gaining the trust of employees, partners, um, you know, just customers um, was important to me. So uh, that was you know, I think one of the biggest challenges for myself to overcome, and, and I, I feel like I did a pretty decent did, job of that. If yeah, I, I've seen it from the outside looking in. How did you do that? I mean, how a lot of people do step in, I, you know, you and I both know a lot of family businesses mutually, and many are in a similar situation in that the children came in, the, the next gen, children's wrong word, I suppose, but the next gen came in with maybe little understanding of the, of the technology or the industry or the company. How did you learn it? And what advice would you give to others that might be where you were 10 years ago, kind of pondering that transition? Um, I did a lot of listening. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, also my dad made sure that I knew all aspects of the business. So I answered phones. I, you know, went out there and did inventory. I did, you know, learn how to maybe not ship, but pick pack and, you know, kind of sure. figure out the whole workings of the, the organization and, and uh, the operations so that I'm familiar and I know the pain points and I'm not coming in without that knowledge of, um, you know, it's, it's hard to lead a team if they're not confident sure. that you know the process, that you understand the customers. Mm -hmm. So I did that. I did a lot of traveling um, both internationally and you know, domestically visiting customers, um, riding around with sales reps and, and taking visits. Um, I thought that was really important because again, you know, it was all new to me. And so, um, yeah, and just listening and learning and sitting down with employees and really, you know, I, tell me how this cable works. You know, I, yeah. I called it, um, cables for dummies or, you know, just a <laughs> cliff go. notes version teach yeah. me. So I would sit with the sales, um, you know, the sales manager, I would sit with customer service and I, I would, and with accounting and I, I'd watch and listen and, and learn, um, how to do everything. So I talk about your industry fun. a little bit and your place in it, not just you Hosa, but you in particular roles that you've played as you've learned the industry. And, you know, obviously I've been to NAM thanks to you more than a couple of times. And so I've seen you in action at the trade show with customers and, and vendors and, and the like. Love to learn more about, about your, I mean, it, it, I know you say it's cables and so forth and it doesn't sound quote unquote sexy or what have you, but for those of us on the outside, looking at the music industry and you're smack dab in the middle of it, cause I've seen you there, like I said, at NAM and others talk about the industry and really kind of hosts and particularly your role in the industry. Um, we're in our, our main market where, or NAM is the, the largest trade show is, is a musical instrument. Um, industry. So we serve, you know, musicians, pro audio professionals. Um, we also kind of 
outside of that, there's also um, contractor system integrator education. There's there's a wide variety that it you know schools that it spreads out to, but but um, anybody who plays music, um, and we're the ones that um, connect your your equipment, your gear, and um, you know help make it work. So um, I think we play an mm. important without um, host, so there's no part. sound. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. I love it. So, um, uh, what else? Let's see. Um, You're yeah, actively I'm, involved in the industry yourself. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Actively involved. Um, I'm trying to get more involved um, uh, as I uh, make more space for that. So, yes, um, we're. Uh, I call our industry uh, small but mighty um, relative to other markets. You know, it's it's not a huge market. It's also a mature market. That's consolidating um so relationships are really important branding is really important um so yeah it's a truly a relationship based i think industry it's it's made up a lot of it's made up of a lot of family businesses um as well as large corporations but a majority of um our customers are they're all family businesses so relationships are vital yeah. and um it, it makes a difference so making those you've uh, I, i've i've had fun over the years watching you transition into the role you're in you went on and got a master's degree at pepperdine since i've known you uh you've worked with some great experts in family business that we both know um it's obvious to me that you love what you do. So I'm not going to ask you if you love it because it's obvious to me that you do. So let me go more a step further. What is it about your role, just leading this company, being in this industry th at this time that you just really, really love and are passionate about? I just love the people, whether it's my employees um, or the industry, just, I work with a lot of amazing people. Um, and that's, really what I love. It's, uh, uh, I always say that, you know, you spend more time in the office or in your job than you do at home. So, um, I've just met a lot of amazing people that are passionate about what they do. Yeah. And, um, I like working with great people like you, Ed, you know, and it's just, it's a, it makes it fun. It makes yeah. it exciting. And it's not just a job um, you know, we're out there making a difference and yeah. people making music. So <laughs> I love um, it. Yeah. That's really what I love about, about my job. And also again, back to the legacy tradition, kind of my dad, as I got to, as I started working at HOSA and learning about my company, I was like, wow, my, my dad's really left, uh, an impression on, on the industry. And I don't think he even knows it. Um, yeah. even when I tilted you know, till this day, when I go to NAM and people come and ask about my dad and, and there's probably people that my dad doesn't think that, um, <laughs> they know who he is and they'll come in and say some really kind things about my dad. So again, the relationships he's built and the company he built and the culture that he's, you know, helped built. And I've continued to, to, to grow um, is, is something that I'm proud of and I want to continue um, what my dad built yeah. and, and make it better. So let's stay on your dad for a minute. Just talk about him. Just, I, you contacted me a few years ago wanting to make this, you know, this documentary, if you will, of his life and of the, of the, the growth and the, and the launch of HOSA. Um, I've learned a lot about him just from that film and having met him and chatted with him a couple of times, Talk about the type of man he is, the type of father, leader, just anywhere you want to go when you when you talk about your father. Uh, my dad's a very kind and compassionate leader. He's also very determined hmm. and hardworking, um, and he expects a lot of himself. Um, uh, and uh, he's. He's always, he wants to improve. He, you know, he came from a, a poor upbringing and he wanted something better for himself. So just the determination, I'm just uh, 
floored at where he's come from and, and, and what he's built. And, um, you know, growing up, my dad was always working, traveling a lot. So I didn't really get to know my dad as a person. And I think one of the biggest benefits of joining the family business is I really got to know my dad um, the way I didn't know him before. And I also got to hear stories about how he started the business and the struggles that he had and um, stories that I would have never heard if, uh, if I hadn't joined the family business. And um, in addition to that, it's just you know, knowing my dad wasn't a big into marketing. He's not one to, he doesn't like to be the center of attention, he, you know, so right. um, he didn't do a whole lot of self-promoting. That's just not in my dad's nature. Sure. Um, but, you know, in, in this world of social media and, and marketing and, and trying to get your brand out there, you really have to tell your own story or other people are going to make up their story for you. And sure. you're going to have, a ton of different versions of what people think HOSA is and, you know, what we do. And, and uh, so I thought it was really important, um, especially with the pandemic and um, my dad getting older, like to tell our own story while, while he was still able to do that. Um, and coming from his point of view, I thought that was, um, it was not only something I wanted to do for the business as, you know, part of our our marketing, but also something that uh, I wanted to create as a, as a, in, in honor of my dad and something that we can keep as a memory. And so my kids can go back and look at it and say, wow, you know, they, they had an amazing grandfather who, who uh, hoped that will inspire them to, to think big and dream and work hard. Well, you made a great comment there that in the in the couple of decades that I've worked with family businesses, it's never really hit me until you just said it. And that is, I'm paraphrasing what you said a moment ago, that you wouldn't have really gotten to know some of these things about your dad if you didn't work in the family business. And I look at the family businesses that I know, and I could rattle off names and I won't, but I can see where, I mean, so many are coming to mind that you know, and I know, and, and others that maybe you don't, where I see that the same thing where that relationship with mom or dad may not be anywhere near how it is if they didn't work together. I never worked in a family business with my parents and I feel like I knew them pretty well, but I can tell you that when we celebrated my dad's life a couple of years ago, when he passed away and I got to hear stories from people he worked with for 30 plus years at one company, you know, I learned, I learned things about my dad. I never would have known had it not been for his memorial service, but had I worked with him, I probably would have learned those things. Um, are there, is there any, anything that jumps out to mind? You talked about how you got to know him, anything at all that just comes to mind about that big lesson that, that you cherish that maybe, you know, you never would have learned if you didn't work together. I mean, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but if anything does come to mind, I'd love to hear it. So the funny thing is my, my parents are pretty tough on their own children. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, compassionate would probably not be the first word that comes to mind just, you know, in your own dealings. You're right for my dad. So, um, but when it comes to his employees and others, he's super kind and generous and not that he's not kind to us, but, you know, compassionate. And so um, I grew up, or at least with my career was always, you know, not necessarily cutthroat, but, you know, you work hard and you move up and, you know, you kind of, self-serving at times and it's not about you know so back to like servant leadership the yeah topic we just hit topic we just hit right so i think prior to coming to hosa it was about it was about me and how are you gonna you know move up the ladder and be successful and what title am i gonna get um and it wasn't about you know uh, what's best for the company what's best for the family like you you look at things more holistically when you're running a family business and there are people um, behind the hard work and um, just valuing, you know, the people that are there because you can't do it by yourself. Um, So I think that's what I learned. Um, What feedback do you get from your dad? Humble brag time. What feedback do you get from your dad about you as a leader now, as he watches you and has watched that transition and handed over to you? Anything in particular? 
coming from a, a Japanese Asian background, we don't get a whole lot of compliments. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> yeah. However, I have, you know, heard him compliment me or I'll, I'll hear from other people. Oh, you, you know, your dad's really proud of you. He talks about how, you know, you know, how you're running the business. So it's, it's nice to hear that he's actually telling others that Yeah. I'm doing well. And, and he has told me, he, you know, I couldn't, I'm so glad you took it over. I, I, I couldn't be doing that, you know, today, what you're doing, everything's so different now. So yeah, he's complimented me in his, I've seen it in his him own as way. well. I remember when I first met him, I think it was at a Fullerton event, just at one of our monthly workshops. And he came in and you guys were all at the same table together and I could just see the pride in his face. And it was early on. I think you had just taken over and it wasn't too far into it. And I could tell that he had a, uh, probably like any father transitioning the business to their child, daughter or son, it's irrelevant. I think in that particular situation, but, um, sort of that, that, anticipation that this is probably going to well, a little bit of fear about can she or, you know, you in this case do it, but also that, that pride and that joy and knowing that you are doing it and doing it well. You, um, you lost your mom suddenly fairly recently. And I know it's a emotional topic. I can't talk about the loss of my parents without getting emotional. And I know how hard it hit you and still does. What did you learn from her that you've tried to transition into your life as a mom, as a wife, as a CEO lessons from her? I know she had a massive impact on you. We could probably talk for hours on this, but any lessons in particular from mom that, that you really have tried to apply into your personal or professional life? Um, just, you know, she, I'd say she's, uh, for somebody who, uh, had a ninth grade education, she really had a lot of wisdom and, um, also very hardworking and determined. And she wanted to see, you know, both my sister and I succeed in life. And so, uh, just believing in your children and, you know, she did a lot for me. I think if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be the leader that I am today. Um, I was super shy when I was young. Um, I remember in kindergarten calling them, calling my name and I was so shy. I didn't say here. And, um, you know, the teacher's like, you know, tomorrow, uh, when I call on you, I need you to Yeah. to raise At your least hand raise your and hand, see right? Yeah. yeah Yeah. right so my mom was really worried that I was so shy and living in America like I wouldn't make it if if Wow. you know I didn't become more outspoken and so she really uh did everything she could to and and put me in a bunch of classes and different activities to make sure that um I learned to be confident and outspoken and I'm sure sometimes she regrets <laughs> some Yeah, of it, yeah, yeah. Maybe but reel it back in a little bit, yeah, but no, you yeah. don't strike me as anybody that Oh, thank struggles you. with over or underconfidence. I think you're 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 in that in that lane very well, from what I can see. Thank you. But yeah, she's, um, she's an incredible woman. She was, Yeah. she was a tough, tough lady, but Yeah. you know, she, Yeah. um, and she knew how to have a good time. So just, she taught me to live life. and enjoy it and work hard. Um, yeah. So are you more like her or more like him? You know, it's funny. There's people at, at first glance or, you know, they're like, oh, she's definitely like her mom. But I do feel like I have a lot of my, my dad's qualities too that maybe is not out. It's not always outwardly, you know, visible. And I think Yeah. I have a, I think I have a good mix of them both. both good and bad. Yeah. I think I do too. I, I get, I get told a lot of comparisons to my mom and my dad and it's flattering either way. Cause like you and your parents, you know, my parents were two people that I always and still do look up to tremendously pictures of them everywhere. Just here in my office as a reminder, a lot of the a topic that comes up with a lot of our peers that you and I know, I'll just name a couple of names, Jenny Denon and Katie Ruckert McKenzie, who, you know, well, Tam at advanced beauty college. Many that we've talked to, Deanne at Teacher Creative Materials, just not meaning now to name drop, but I've had this conversation with all of them at some point. That term imposter syndrome comes up a lot for all of us. And I know it comes up in a, in a family business a lot because you wonder, would I be in this role if not for the fact that it's a family business? So rather than asking it that way, I think 
the leaders that I have that I've seen, the people I just mentioned, as well as you and others, at some point in time, there's been that I'm the right person in the right place moment. Have you had that moment? And what led up to that? And how has your confidence as a CEO shifted when you came to the realization, you know, I am the right person for this job? Uh, I think that's grown over time. I still mm -hmm. sometimes get that. Have our doubts every day. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But um, um, I think going through, you know, you have ups and downs and in your business. And so we've had some downs where I wasn't uh, sure how I was going to get out of it. And I was able to do that. So um, I think every day I get a little bit more confident. I'm not always, hmm. but, but, but I feel like it's, I'm, I'm in the right place for sure. Like, um, and I'm just always learning and growing and, and just having the right, I mean, the right people you know, in your corner sure. is, is important, but. What do you do to learn more about how to lead and how to run your company? I mean, obviously there's a lot of technical knowledge and industry knowledge that the outside world can't help you with, but when it comes to leading or managing people, are there, I mean, I know you went and got an MBA at Pepperdine and I know that you have worked with consultants and you've worked with, you know, in peer groups and so forth. Are there, recommendations that you would make to others who might be where you are now trying to lead their family business early on for them particular that you would give as advice? I think all of the above, I think just knowing that you can't do it alone and getting outside people that aren't, you know, biased about what you're doing and um, yeah, just getting help from, you know, not, not thinking you could do it. You don't have to do it alone. You know, don't, um, I think that's been, that's where I've succeeded the most is when I've asked for help. Yeah. Um, so whether, you know, and I love learning, um, I, sh I should make it more of a priority, but mm -hmm. it's, you know, things get in the way, but every time I go to like a workshop or a seminar, some kind of motivational, you know, speaker, I, it either I learn something new or it reminds me of something that I've learned before that I, I should put into practice. And so every time I do those things, I'm like, oh, I need to do this more often. I need to get out of my office yeah. um, and go to that, you know, peer group. So I've, I've been in, I think peer group, we're celebrating 10 years wow. and just having, you know, uh, grown with, with my group and being able to ask questions or I'd get advice um, and hear what they're going through. All of that has been um, instrumental and, um, and, you know, Ed, you've been instrumental in my growth too, because every, anytime I needed help, um, or, or referral, you know, you always, um, led me in the, a, a great direction and, and, you know, le le led me to people that have helped me, um, whether it's personal growth or, or growth of my company. So yeah, just don't do it yourself. There's, yeah, there's no way. You no, there's a reason yourself. why people come into our lives. And that's, that's I always right. have joked with my family. I don't really have that specific skill set in a lot of things. But one thing I've been able to do is recognize when someone has a need and then I can get to know someone who has a way to fill that and vice versa. And so what, what, uh, what growth out there do you, what would you like to accomplish for yourself, for the company that's maybe that, that, you know, here's the MBA in us that big, hairy, audacious goal. Is there that, that BHAG out there for you personally or for the company that you're kind of looking towards that you feel comfortable sharing? You know, as, as I grow older, <laughs> I'm looking for, uh, I, I want to continue to grow the business and be successful, but I also want balance in my life. So just trying to, you know, family is important to me. I still have relatively younger kids mm -hmm. um, that I want to be there for. Um, and so I think finding that balance of family life and, you know, um, being, want to be ambitious and yeah. grow the business. And I, like I said, I still want to do that, but I, I'm, it, um, I had pie in the sky dreams when I first started, oh, I'm going to do this and that and the other. And, um, I think I've scaled back my, 
expectations, you know, I yeah. think um, you realize your definition of success changes as you grow up, grow older and, and your priorities shift. So um, I want to keep the legacy yeah. going. I want to yeah. keep it growing, but I, I also want to find some balance in my life so that how are you doing that? How are you finding this? I know with young kids and the CEO of a company and a leader in your industry, and you've got, you know, spouse and all these different things, like a lot of us do all these things we have to balance. What, what works for you when it comes to trying to keep that balance? Um, having people tell me it's okay yeah. to, <laughs> you know, to, to take some time off. So I, I think again, finding leaders in your organization or mm -hmm. building a team that you can trust and, um, and that can help you achieve your goals and not be afraid to um, have to be there all the time. Um, it's okay to step away for a little bit. Um, I, I grew up, you know, even with my, if you're not in the office, you're not working kind of mentality is what I grew up with, but um, yeah, just having a good team. Yeah helps helps to create balance when you don't have a good team it's it's hard and it's stressful and yeah you know it gets tough sure surrounding yourself with good people so that when you are and on both sides too i mean i know that if i can't spend a lot of time at home because of work travel or or things of that nature i know that you know my partner here my wife Lorianne, right. she's got us covered you know i mean things right. don't slip through the cracks just like if i'm away from work a little bit the people i'm with things don't slip through the cracks there either. So yeah, it definitely helps us to have that balance. Is there a leader out there or a mentor? Obviously your mom and dad have been huge mentors and leaders in your life. When you think of other mentors who have helped you along the way, whether it was in your early banking career or transitioning into the industry you're in now, anybody come to mind that you want to not necessarily shout out necessarily, but I mean, just talk about mentorship in general and how you've been molded in, in that way. Um, when I think about mentors or who's been kind of inspirational in my life or pivotal people, I do look back to my banking days and it was actually um, two ladies. So before, you know, mortgage banking is uh, um, similar to the musical instrument industry. It's, it's male dominated, maybe like many industries are, sure. but my first uh, female boss, her name was Roseanne Jalmain, and actually her boss, Mary, Mary Duran, were very instrumental. I felt like they um, they weren't just my boss. They wanted to, to help me grow. They believed in me. Um, and they're the ones that taught me about, um, you know, building your team and, and their skills and um, providing them training and growth opportunities. So they really uh, encouraged that with me. And um, I thought that was amazing. Um, so they really, you know, and there were also minority women in, in, uh, in a male dominated industry in, you know, pretty high level positions um, and making it. So, you know, they were definitely role models for me. Um, and they, they put a lot of care into to my growth and so I've, I've always brought that that's I've brought that to to Hosa too about you know it's not just about work every day it's about investing in your employees and and providing them opportunities for growth and it, it also brings the team together and um, it's there's other ways to you know build camaraderie than just day-to-day um, -day work life so Oftentimes that comes from what you're not doing at work. You know, it's not, exactly. not necessarily the Saturday afternoon family picnic, which might be that, but just when we, when we show our employees and the people that we work with, that we care about them as human beings before we care about their productivity at work, that goes a long way. And I think that goes back to Ken Blanchard and the meeting that we had a couple of weeks ago on servant leadership, where he and Roger and Estine and Shelly talked about that. Um, and that, that true servant leadership philosophy that I see in you as well. And I, I see it not necessarily, I mean, I'm not with you day in and day out at your company, so I don't see you leading that way as an employee, but I know enough of your employees and I've seen them on the film about your dad. And I've seen them when I visited HOSA to know that, that that's an important style for you. 
What does it mean to serve? And let's talk servant leadership for a minute. We, we both have talked about it and brought it up on this conversation. What do you think of when you think of the term servant leadership and how you try to implement that philosophy at HOSA? For me, you know, I, uh, like I said, my employees are the backbone of the company. I can't, I can't do what I do um, and be successful at it without them. So um, I cherish, you know, I want them to be feel appreciated. Um, and for me, it's, I would never ask anybody to do something that I wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, really taking an active role um, in the organization and, you know, if I need to get my hands dirty, I need to get, there's, there's no job too small or, you know, yeah. for me. And so I hope, you know, they see that and um, just showing them respect and, you know, again, um, giving back to them as much as, you know, they're giving to HOSA. Yeah. So you've had, just in what I've learned about you, just in this conversation, some things are new, some things are not. You've gone from this terribly shy young girl who wouldn't raise her hand and say here when called upon on role in, in elementary school, I'm assuming elementary school and in, in that story, you've gone into a career in banking where you felt successful. You felt like you loved it. You were making an impact uh, in a male dominant industry, as you talked about, and the impact of some of your role models there going into the family business, working for a dad who's very, you know, set in his ways, his Japanese culture, his, his business, so I'm assuming along the way, and I'm missing a lot, but as you think back through your career, Mayumi, what, when you, when you look back and you're proud of something that you've accomplished, and again, I'm not asking you to brag, this isn't a brag at all, but just, we all have times in our careers, I can go back to two or three incidents in my life where it's like, wow, I really look at how I handled that situation or the growth I had. Is there some big challenge that you overcame that you would say, wow, I'm really, really just proud of myself is the wrong word, but really happy that I handled it that way because it got me to where I am today. Um, I think it goes back to gaining the respect of my employees, you know, to leave them because I we had a lot of long-term legacy employees and we, I st- we still have several employees that have yeah. been here, you know, um, since my, my dad you know, before, before I started, I didn't hire, um, these employees. Um, so their, you know, loyalty originally lied with my father. So I think that was my, I think that's my biggest accomplishment to be able to gain their trust and respect and continue on because, you know, um, obviously not all legacy employees are, you know, good for a company, but there are those that are loyal and hardworking and, and you want to be able to keep those people. So for them to still be here after my dad's been gone is, um, I'm proud of that. And your career and your role at HOSA and your role as a CEO has created opportunities for you to serve in the community. And I know a little bit about some of the community service that you give and that you do. Where do you choose to serve and why outside of HOSA in the community and whether it's nonprofits or other philanthropic organizations, where and why do you serve? Um, I obviously, you know, music is part of part of our industry. So I'm always looking to serve, um, not always, but music is important, but children. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do feel that the way you grow up is so vital to the adult that you become and not everybody has an opportunity to, you know, have a good solid foundation growing up. So um, really giving back to, to organizations um, that support children and their growth. And I'm also looking for organizations that, um, that we can make an impact, you know, hosts not a large corporation, our funds are limited, and I want to serve and give back to, to organizations that they can, that I can make a difference, that HOSA can make a difference, um, rather than, you know, sure, big nonprofits that are much bigger than HOSA, and could, you know, they have a lot more um, resources, so. Yeah, I know you've worked a lot with, um, 
Is it Corazon de Vida? Is that mm-hmm. the name of it? The yes. one that works with orphanages down in Mexico. How did, what drew you yes. into that? I'm curious. I never really um, asked you that. I've been to the events. You've been gracious to invite me several times and had a chance to go a few times. What, what drew you to that? Well, I think what drew me to that. So when we, when I started getting hosts involved in, you know, community and nonprofit organizations, I, I worked with employees to find out what their interests are. Mm. Um, but, and I also wanted, I, I was looking for organizations that uh, touched my heart. So what I loved about Corazon de Vida is, you know, um, Hilda, the founder mm-hmm. was an actual, not an orphan, but, you know, she would grew up in an orphanage with her siblings. Um, and then she went back later on to, to give back to, to the community that helped, um, her grow. So um, that spoke to my heart. Also, you know, living in California and um, on the Baja border, you know, right. I, I, I grew up in a large Hispanic community. My children are half Mexican. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's a, that's a community that um, is uh, dear to my heart and which I grew up in. And um, so, uh, yeah, just, I wanted to find organizations also to show my kids, you know, how blessed they are yeah. and, and find ways for them to connect and hopefully not, you know, grow up compassionate as well and, sure. and wanting to give back um, this world where, you know, <laughs> there's entitlement and all that. There's a lot of stuff, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. yeah. How old are your kids? Uh, 13 and my oldest will be 16 in July. What do you hope? What lessons from your life do you hope the most you have, or you will impart on them that they will apply as they go forward? Uh, I'd like to be for them to be kind. I want them to be, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. I want them to do it well and work hard at it and be, you know, do something they love. Um, and be hardworking, yeah. uh, just like my parents were, and you know, to be productive people in our yeah. society, yeah. But to be happy, yeah. It's great to be able to carry those lessons that we learned from our parents and transition them to their our kids. And I'm at a point now where I have grandsons, and you know, the oldest will be 12 in September, so they're still becoming who they're going to become. But it's even fun now for me to see characteristics in them that I've seen in my parents, mm-hmm. you know, an 80 year difference in age yes. in, in them and to see that trainer more. Yes. My dad would have been 96 and the oldest is 11. So yeah, 85 year transition, you know, between their great, great grandpa and themselves. It's really fun to see that. If you could go back and tell that, I'll just give a number that 12 year old Mayumi who won't raise her hand in school. If you could go back and tell her anything now, what would you say? Um, to, to believe in yourself and not, you know, be confident and you, you know, you can do anything you set your mind to Hmm. and, you know, nothing's impossible. I love that. I love that. How can people reach you if they want to learn more about you personally or HOSA, or if there's somebody in the industry that wants to learn more, or they have a guitar and they're looking for cables to connect to their amp. <laughs> I live down the street from a professional drummer and he's very familiar with your, your equipment. How can people get a hold of you? Uh, I guess through my email, my Yumi okay. at hosatech.com. Okay. That'd be the easiest way. Yeah. Awesome. We'll put a link to your website as well in here. I'm also yes. going to put a link. We, we haven't aired it yet because we're recording this live now, but when people do hear this, they will have heard the, the three minute trailer. If they watch, they'll watch the three minute trailer. If they listen, they'll still hear it. It's still, I've listened to it with my eyes closed and it's still extremely powerful. So I wanted to get an idea of the audio of that, of the film that we had a chance to do. Um, so definitely want to point people to that YouTube video as well. It's very inspiring. There's about a 20 plus minute video on the origin of Hosa and Mayumi's dad, which is very inspiring, whether you're in a family business or not. Um, so inspiring over my shoulder. If you're watching, there's actually a trophy on my bookcase from that, from the, the, uh, an advertising, yes. it wasn't even intended for that, but well, you know, that, 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 again, another example of Ed connecting me to well, just, great people. 
And again, and again, Ed didn't lift a finger to make anything yeah. in that movie, but somehow I got this very undeserved, but very much appreciated trophy on my case. <laughs> I look at that a lot and I, it reminds me of connecting people yes. and connecting is kind of funny because look at the word under the H in your host at connecting what moves you. And I think that's part of why you and I quote unquote, pun intended somewhat connect mm -hmm. is because we understand the power of connection, you know, quite literally in your business, but also just the emotional connection. Yeah. So as you know, the title of my podcast is, is loosely based off of my last name, Hart. I started a blog years ago. I'm much more interested, as you probably know, from having known me for a decade and also this hour we've spent together, more, much more interested in why you do what you do. Than, I'm always interested in what people do, just what fascinates me about my role and my, my job, but I'm more interested in the why. So I'm going to finish this interview uh, with the same question, Miami, that I ask everybody. This, I think you're about the 84th or 85th episode I've had. Miami, what's in your heart? My heart. Wow. What's in my love? I'm, my children are in my heart. Like, I, yeah. I, um, until I had kids, I didn't know what unconditional love was and I didn't think that um, I had that in me um, but they inspire me to be a better person every day um, they, they inspire me to yeah to to just be good and better and, and be a good role model and uh, hopefully show them the right way so that's what's in my heart 